uh, the compounders are worried about being able to still function in the state. Yeah. Um, because everyone thinks of the FDA as this great bastion of wisdom. Make sure that the pharmacies that we've utilized are, are good sources of these peptides. They're not saying it's going to hurt your license if yeah. you continue to recommend peptides. Mm -hmm. FDA power grab. Right. To the point where now they control all tissue that's in a tissue bank. It's not even yours. It's the FDA's. It's just a big threat against anyone that makes it, uses it, writes for it, or recommends it. Correct. Welcome to the Zero Downside Podcast with Dr. Wade McKenna, sponsored by MoabTexas.com. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Today we have a really exciting topic. We've mentioned it before about peptides. Now these peptides are starting to get a little bit more regulated and Dr. McKenna and Mike are very passionate about patients and the population having access to these peptides and all the great capabilities they have for our health and wellness. And so I'm going to have them share their inputs and feedback on that new situation now and um, can't wait for you guys to hear all about it. All right, thank you very much, Hannah. We appreciate the introduction as always. Um, as, as you mentioned, this is a, a very unique episode. You know, we're, we're trying to be um, current on our events and recently at the end of September, the FDA published a list of uh, essentially category two compounded medications which which everyone knows is peptides and so today we're we're gonna go ahead and stay current in our events and we're gonna have a discussion around the FDA's list and what it means for patients providers and compounding pharmacies well I think first let's just say that this is an FDA out of nowhere um, based on about as much science as they base a lot of things on which is about none um decision a unilateral decision uh, made without input from um physicians um without input from a lot of compounding pharmacists but with the input of a lot of of, of pharmaceutical companies yeah um, and have decided in their infinite wisdom, because everyone thinks of the FDA as this great bastion of wisdom. Um, I'm going to sink down in my chair. I, I, I will just tell you, I, I just, it's, it, it, it's going to be hard for me to navigate the regulatory waters that we need to today. Mm -hmm. And, and, and hold back some of the righteous indignation that is absolutely on our side in this particular battle because the, the regulatory stance taken by the FDA against a lot of peptide therapy that is currently being provided all over the world in a very safe physician mannered way mm -hmm. for the most part, they're going to make it where even under physician guidance, they're making a lot of peptides banned where 
and, and this isn't like, you know, we, we had the discussion on our podcast about banned substances. Yeah. Like BPC-157, it's banned by NCAA and MLB, NHL, But not because it didn't help. Right. It was banned because they thought it was as a competitive advantage. A performance-enhancing Performance-enhancing drug, yes. drug, PED. Um, the, the FDA is now banning those substances from being compounded from being compounded there we are because you can't patent a peptide or it's not a drug if it's naturally occurring substance mm -hmm. the, the, we've been through this a ton that the stem cells secrete seven there's seven thousand naturally occurring peptides in the human body there's about 40 we could write your script for yeah we're gonna have to change that because there aren't 40 that we're going to be able to continue to write you a script for through a compounder. There are going to be some peptides that because the FDA has decided to put the label, what is the schedule two labeling exactly? Well, I'm going to let Mike read it <sighs> yes. because, because it's not the, 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 it, this is not classification of drugs. Like, you know, which, Oh, that's a schedule two, or this is a schedule one. This, <clears throat> this is a, this is an FDA schedule of three different types of, of, of regulatory control over medicines. Yes. Right. It's not a law, right? It's basically a status of yeah, because you have to at. pass a law. Like you can't yes. just decide a law. So it's not a law, but they don't care because they're a regulatory agency and they don't have to operate within laws. Correct. They can just make rules. And it's going to be followed by the medical industry and by a physician because we don't want to lose our license. Correct. There's a threat of a future potential enforcement that could be retroactive to the date that they listed, which if, if I read the, the, the whole edict correctly, um, and first off, let me pause and state that this commentary is for entertainment purposes only um, as always it is it is quite literally an op-ed on a current event and we're merely giving opinions um not under professional licensure but we're just commenting on uh, a website that we happen to we're see, having which is the we're having uh we're gonna have a scientific conversation based on our use knowledge of and study of different peptides and formulas we've used in the clinic for long periods of time and have a lot of patient experience with yeah we're going to have a discussion around the new regulatory push by the fda to bring a lot of these into a schedule two which would mean that you're not allowed to use them anymore yes um as a compounded peptide because there's going to be companies seeking to monetize this in ways that are much more significant than a compounder could monetize a peptide. Yeah, and I, I want to cover that in detail a little later because I think that's that's the what's in it for me for anybody listening and and what's in it for the companies themselves and and how are things like this monetized you know versus supplements. Well, and if you or take other away things. other choices from people, they have to hone in on what the big choices are. Yeah. And people that don't want to have to take a medication for everything are, are going to have less choices. I agreed. So let, let's get to uh, 
the the meat of the argument, if we will. So it is basically an announcement of a category two of the bulk substances nominated under sections 503A or 503B of the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act. So I'm going to paraphrase. You don't want to see me sit here on camera and, and, and list off everything on the site. And then please feel free to go to the FDA site itself and do your own research. Um, essentially, they finalized two guidelines clarifying their proposed policies concerning the use of certain bulk drug substances in compounding by state licensed pharmacies, federal facilities, and licensed physicians under the 503A and 503B. I'll paraphrase a little bit. Um, essentially, they go down the list and there are several peptides. And what they do is they list each individual peptide followed by whether it's a 503A or 503B classification and then the date that it was added followed by safety risks. So several popular ones for weight loss, for energy, for sleep, for sexual wellness, they're all in here, right? The very first one is AOD 9604, which is a, a weight loss drug. Um, no, it's a peptide. Excuse me. It is a that peptide. encourages lipolysis. This is perfect. I'm glad you yeah. corrected me on yeah. camera. That is absolutely not right. a weight loss drug. If it was a weight loss drug, it'd be fine. And it'd be patented. Because there are all kinds of weight loss drugs out there. They're really, really unhealthy for you. Uh, a significant increased risk of cardiomyopathy, stroke, high blood pressure, heart attack. But because they're a anti-appetite or an appetite suppressant, uh, even though it's you know in the same drug category as meth, um, it's fine because it's a drug. There you go. And are. then it's fine. Yeah. Um, AOD um, is a peptide that can increase and works better in women than men. It can increase um, your calorie burning towards lipolysis, as a peptide can influence structure and function. Um, that is not going to be allowed anymore. Um, under the proposed, I love this. So, so no one knows even, they say November 1st, but if you read the wording on it, it says proposed, thought about, like we're, this is this typical saber rattling of an FDA warning letter that is to, meant to just gather all the sheep in one place for slaughter because what happens is the warning letter just, it's like a contract. It just sets the terms for the lawsuit later, right? Like if you're, if you sign a contract with someone, point. you just mm -hmm. need to sign a contract with good people, right? Because the person signing the contract is the most important part of the deal, not the contract. The contract is just terms of litigation later. And that's kind of the way the FDA does these big warning letters is they're not saying it's going to hurt your license if yeah. you continue to recommend peptides. Mm -hmm. But they don't have to say that. No, they because it the is the open understood. Yes. I want it left open for a, 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 because I want you all to be scared of me, right? I want the knee bent, the head bowed as you approach me on this issue of healthcare because I am the the great arbitrator of what's going to happen. Like it's 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 a very unilateral decision. It's not public hearings on safety and efficacy. No. It's not public hearings with physician involvement. It's not patients that have seen dramatic improvement on certain substances. It's a unilateral edict made by a political organization that is funded by big pharma. That's where they get their budget. That's where they get their money. You pay for drug approval mm -hmm. that was changed under a previous administration who made it to where as part of a big healthcare plan that went through, um, they basically was an insurance entitlement act and a big pharma FDA power grab.
right. to the point where now they control all tissue that's in a tissue bank. It's not even yours. It's the FDA's. It's not. Well, even, back, well let's back up. Explain so it, that one briefly because uh, I don't want to miss that. So, so, <clears throat> so before 08, um, you know, I have, I have the umbilical cord and entire placenta and all the cord blood on all three of my daughters. One of my daughters is born in 97. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of options to do that, but I made, I thought it was important. I knew that those cells were going to be crucial sometime in their life, potentially that if we ever got the government to decriminalize the practice of medicine and science, um, and, and, and by that, I mean, this is ethically sourced tissue from a live birth C-section, mm -hmm. um, that that tissue graft should be able to be used for the health and wellness of our family and especially yeah. the that the placenta of the 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 baby that was that delivery was from but the only way to do that's going to be to bank it and store it and so at the time it was via cord or via cell and then became cord blood bank registry the company's been sold a bunch now there's more options than that um but my goal with that was you know as an orthopedic surgeon and trauma at the time already um there's going to be a time where we're going to be able to take some of these cells, culture them up, and we can cure rheumatoid arthritis. We're going to be able to cure your autoimmune dysfunction. We already know that they're using those cells for the treatment of cancer and lymphoma and leukemia. Matter of fact, that's the only FDA-approved use of those cells. So that's the only use you get to use those cells for because the FDA decided that, even though I've been paying for that tissue storage since '97. In a way, the FDA decided they own it all. And you can only get that tissue checked out, that placenta that mine, half mine, all of my daughters, right. um, is not able to be checked out unless the FDA approves the use for those cells or the tissue or the outer layer of the amnion. Um, so if you use it in an FDA approved manner, which there's about 20 or 30 different leukemias and lymphomas and lymphomas, the cancers that are on that list. Um, that if one of my kids got a first degree sibling or relative, we could take those cells, culture them at an FDA approved facility and use that tissue to treat us. That is not the situation that I donated, paid for the storage and secured all that tissue under. It was under the thought that it's ours and we'll be able to have access to those cells as the science opens up their best use and, and best chances of optimizing the function of that tissue. That is not how, how it's happened um, since that. Yeah. Um, and, and so the FDA has started this move against this a long, long time ago. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. but, but now they're kind of, it, it's, it's like when the other side used to at least pretend that they cared about how you thought. Yeah. Um, and so they didn't, they, they were able to kind of hide the narrative. Like everyone kind of assumed that what you saw in the news maybe wasn't the whole story, but you at least thought they tried to stay true to the event. Like you think that they maybe expand the details if it makes a better story, right? Like I get it, whatever they need. It's clickbait stuff. Yeah. But, but when the narrative is completely different, than what they're saying. It's not just clickbait stuff anymore. It's purposely misleading people. Yeah. And the the way that the regulatory guidance is is being posted right it's a, now. It's a rough word. It's just use. a it's just a big threat against anyone that makes it, uses it, writes for it, or recommends it. Correct. Um, because we may came off to your license someday. We're not doing it now, but we're putting these on a banned list. Yeah. Um 
they're not doing the the drug form mm -hmm. of several of the most commonly prescribed and recommended peptides um, because you can't patent a peptide. You can patent a delivery mode, a dosing schedule, which that's what uh, a formulary, yeah. a, a method. Yes. Uh, I, so, so they patent those things. And when big pharma makes them, they're $1,500 a month at yeah. the pharmacy and you pay the same regardless of what your dose is. So if you're on the five milligram dose, you pay the same as on the 15 milligram dose and the same as on the 10 milligram dose, which I don't know what kind of farm and ranch they were raised on, but five should never cost the same as 15. And if it does, either you're charging not enough for the 15 or you're overcharging for the five. Yeah. It's just a flat charge for everything. It's a flat charge because it's, because they're not charging. Like if I can get Wagyu for the same price as hamburger, I would never buy hamburger. There are certain dishes and, and moods where I don't want to spend $20 on a hamburger patty. And so I won't buy Wagyu to make hamburger. Mm -hmm. I, I will buy hamburger. I, I think that the FDA is making it and drug companies make it. Where, look, we all know that if I, depending on how I write your script, you may get 30, 60, or 90, and the pharmacy charge you the same price. Regardless. Regardless. Yeah. Because it's not about what they're selling you, right? Like the stupidest thing ever. If, if some of these drugs are generic and it's 10 bucks on the, on the list, if I write it for once a day, they're going to give you 30 for that $10. If I write it for twice a day, they're going to give you 60 for the same $10. If I write it three times a day, you're going to get 90 for the same. Like that's not like. I don't know how broken a system has to be where 30 costs the same as 90, but it's definitely broken, right? Yeah. Like that doesn't work. So when you put drug companies in charge of their own regulatory status, you know what they do? They try to regulate out everyone else that has an answer for you with less complication side effects and with less financial incentives for yeah. the companies that make the drugs. Not a compounding pharmacy guy trying to just struggle along. Dude, there's not a lot of margins in compounded in compounded medications or compounded peptides, mm -hmm. um, and because there's not a lot of margin in it, big pharma had no interest. Yeah. Now, if they could make those into a drug, there will be a lot of interest in the drug use of certain of these peptides that have been proven really efficacious in treating people. Let me, let me pause here and, and, and I kind of want to get your insight on this. Again, this is an unscripted episode. I I'm actually excited about it because and, and scared to death at the same time, because Mike, Mike is, Mike is literally has a notepad of all the regulatory stuff in his lap. Yeah. I, I, do I don't not. often carry, um, notepads. I always I, have yellow pads with me. Yes. For, but for, sure. for me to keep up with your expertise and where you're at, I'm going to cheat and have the cliffs notes. Right. So I I've been on the phone, uh, uh, for the last week, week and a half with pharmacists everywhere, just trying to catch up to the current event conversation so that we because can everyone's this. scared. Yes. Oh, look, and, I'm waiting and, for and a feeling like they have their hit. license being threatened as yes. a physician. Yes. Uh, the compounders are worried about being able to still function in the state. Yeah. Um, and it's a federal guidelines, not a state guideline. There may be some some opportunity for the state to step in and protect people and do some things the way other states have done against some of the mandated FDA things that have shown to not necessarily be great for people yeah, uh, and really not even to be efficacious for their prescribed use that now you don't even need a prescription. The pharmacist can recommend it and you can get, you can get pharmaceutical given 
versions of a drug that there's maybe no data on that helps you and a lot of data that it's going to hurt you and increase your risk of myocarditis and death of all causes and all kinds of things. And it doesn't even have to be recommended to you by a physician. No. There's no health status that excludes you from getting it. And a pharmacist can give it to you and the government will pay for it at $6,500 a dose. That's fine. But a <laughs> peptide compounded version of a broken down protein that the body makes that's readily available that could be used to augment or supplement someone's health status that's that that you, there's no room for in medicine that's, we're not going to let a, a doctor recommend it we're not going right. to let a doctor write it we're not going to let a compounder make it because that's really risky yeah now this this other thing that we're going to give you that you have to inject we don't even think you need a doctor's opinion to have that injection. We think everyone needs to do it regardless of what your doctor says. Yeah. We don't think there's a health condition that excludes you from it because even if you're pregnant and we can't let you take Tylenol without increasing the risk that your kid has functional math tests someday and you can sue someone over it because those lawsuits are going on right now. Over yes, Tylenol, they are. Uh, with ADHD. Um, we're going to protect drug companies from that kind of stuff, but we're going to let a pregnant woman take take a, a form of medical treatment that didn't prevent what it was trying to prevent, didn't keep you from giving other people what it was trying to keep you from giving. Oh, no. And it didn't lower your symptoms for what they were trying to treat it, but it does cause a lot of side effects, maybe of myocarditis, increasing your risk of certain autoimmune difficulties. That's fine. You don't need to see a doctor to get it. Even if your doctor says you shouldn't get it, you probably need to. A pharmacist can give it to you at their own accord and we're going to pay for it as a government to make sure you get it without any safety standards, without randomized placebo control groups, and with a lot of safety data to say it really didn't, it wasn't efficacious, even if it was safe. Yeah. Was it effective? Yeah. Uh, a three-year-old flu vaccine isn't effective on preventing the flu. Yeah. That's basically what we've been doing as a country. And oh, and by the oh, way, be supported yes. and oh, by the way, castigated if you didn't buy that narrative yeah. from the FDA. Oh, but the pharmacies didn't have protection during this time, right? Oh, I mean, the, yeah. The, 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 like, the big oh, pharma the drug companies. Yeah, you can't sue them. What? Oh, well, yeah. So our government as, as, a, as an entitlement act for big pharma because big pharma doesn't make any money. Right. Those poor, those poor, those poor, desperate research guys. Um, because all those pharmaceutical companies are just struggling in anonymity. Yeah. Um, they haven't just like, you know, there used to be f 50, 100 great little drug companies around. Now there's like four, right? So they haven't protected from consolidation. Um, and you know what happens with less choices? Like you can have, I love the George Carlin line. There's 300 choices of what kind of breakfast cereal you can get, but there's two oil companies. Like there's four drug companies. Yeah. There's like, but you can have all these. It's the it's the appearance of choice. Right? Yeah. So, well, let let with the let's appearance stay, of choice. Yes, that's where I want with to the go. appearance of choice. Mm -hmm. It looks like a patient can decide to take a nutritional route for their healthcare issues, mm -hmm. which is the way most peptides should be considered. Yeah. Not a compounded drug, but the FDA is saying. That because of, and there are some valid safety concerns that we've shown all along the way. When we talked about peptides, do we ever think it was a great idea to bulk source materials from outside of our country? No, no. You know what? It is a bad idea. Guess what? The FDA is using to, to, to make all this 
illegal, I guess, is the word we're going to use, maybe? Um, it's certainly upon. against guidance. It's, it's frowned upon against, it's against guidance. Against it's a safety guidance. risk. The FDA has come out. That it is all, but you know what? We agreed that outsourcing materials that weren't filtered appropriately, that may have had micro metallic components in it, was a really bad idea. That's why we told people, don't get BPC from the guys at the gym. Yeah. Right? Which now they're going to make it where you're going to have to get your BPC from a guy at the gym because the doctor's not going to be able to write you a script and prescribe it. So let me, you're let me slow research. down because look, this is a passionate conversation, uh, uh, but uh, well, I want to back up. I want to be second. controlled, but I also want people to understand what just happened. Yes. Well, that's where I want to go. So right. I want to, I want to back up a little bit. So prior to physicians guiding care involving peptides, right? It was bought on websites and these websites you, you didn't know where the lab was and and what they're referred to as research chem labs okay they, they were all under the guise which of there research. are plenty of them and you yes. can buy a lot of stuff that have been banned for a long yes. time and, right. and listen they they had and some, i would never send someone to a website to but to to receive something that i thought was a good idea to ban yes which a lot of the stuff that's being banned was a good idea to ban yeah right well, so what, what happens if you go with something that is non-pharma grade is you risk contamination. And so all of these but you peptides. Don't, you don't ban something based on a contamination. But that's, you make it where it's only okay to get non-contaminated products, yes. right? So what we've you done is. You regulate the people that don't do it well. Correct. And get rid of them from the market. That's protection. That's what the FDA was set up to do. Protect the health and welfare of the public. Correct. from bad drugs correct now we're driving the public to go back to the original source before it was provider guided yep. you you would get online you would be on reddit you'd be on 4chan or whatever site that you went to to look up you know hey how do i get healthier how do i lose weight how do i sleep better and you would get recommendations the guy at the gym busts a bpc we've had patients come in with bpc vials with no label yeah. Literally just had almost handwritten BPC one five seven. We're like, stop taking that yeah. because you don't know. Hey, Doc, what's what do you think about this? Yes. I don't know what's in it. Who made it? Where's it from? What's the sourcing look like? Yes. Was it sterile component? Was it through five hundred three B? Was it in a GL GCP lab? What, what? Who's like? Yeah. If I don't know anything about it, I would never inject something into my body. I didn't know. Correct. Who filtered it? Where it was? If it was sterile? If it was safe? And exactly what it is it? So is oh, by the way. I would want like a list of ingredients. Yes. A formula. Which has to be provided by a pharmacy. Well, it certainly hasn't been provided on the black market. The, 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 well, or, <laughs> or the most recommended treatment, medical procedure, drug, injection paid for in the history of our country. Correct. No ingredient list on that's been, been disclosed. And, yeah. and the FDA's Never approved it, but fine with it and encouraging it. And well, it was an EUA, you know, of course. But on on the note of peptides, what we've done is we took a a black market because people found a good effect found use of worked. peptide, yeah. and then doctors, providers such as yourself, took it and went, you know what, this does work. There's there's some traction here. We're going go to go. We need to find a safe way to recommend this for that, a patient. Yes, yes. That, that use very special filtration to get rid of any metal yes. contaminants, anything else. These are naturally occurring. I want a certain level peptides. of training going in the person putting that in a bottle. Yes, yes. I want it to be under a certain qualified lab to be able to do it. One hundred percent. And I want to know where the material was sourced from and that it has been filtered appropriately for metals. Yeah. So uh, on that, that, that note, sounds like we were doing something on the patient's behalf. Yes. Shocking to make something safer that we already think had some efficacy um, successes in patient 
And we just wanted to give people different options outside of what would be considered Western medicine, right? Yeah. That sounds like exactly what I would be looking for if I was a patient. So essentially what we're talking about today is we've taken the black market thing that had some good efficacious use and put it under guidance and protection by having proper pharmacy grade materials being used. It was going under testing, all standard operating procedures. Everything was under guidance, right? Yeah. Now we've taken that and, and put a stopper on it. And now we're driving patients back because guys aren't going to stop taking BPC. Guys aren't going to stop taking AOD. They're not going to stop taking MK677, right? They're going to go back to the websites. They're going to source it from hey, overseas doc, can, entities. You know, you said you can't write that as a script for me anymore, but I can get this on a website. Yeah, I, look, I already found it. Oh, They've right. already got it. Yeah. So that's kind so now, of where we're now going. The, now, what are those patients less likely to talk to me about? What all the stuff are you on right now? Yeah. So guess what? It really does to the safety and efficacy and patient care. Puts you in the it dark. It lowers it because now the physician is not going to know what you're doing. Or even if you tell him what you're doing, I don't know where it's from, what your dose is, how many milligrams per season. Like the amount of discussion I have to have with some really learned people to even convert the medication in a bottle to the appropriate CC administration or units in a syringe is crazy yeah. because I thought everyone already understood the metric system. Well, I thought we understood that milligrams in a bottle is not milligrams per CC. It's how many milligrams per CC is that by how many CCs do I want you taking that you don't, you don't have to be, you don't have, it's not calculus, but it's certainly math. I don't know. And I, if I it's had to, not I've, done, it's really important yeah. because doses matter Yes, when you're talking about efficacy and safety. Correct. But if someone doesn't even understand the metric conversions of milligrams and CCs and units, and I'm trying to get a certain amount of medicine in a syringe, you know what I don't want that discussion to happen under? A lack of doctor guidance. Like you're taking a doctor completely out of the mix because the guy's not going to want to put his license at risk by recommending peptide therapy or by telling you how to get the peptides from someone that's not sourcing stuff from out of the country. Yeah, he's because going back all the to the research gym bag, labs right? are going back to the gym bag, yeah, right? Gym bag so pharmacies. we're literally taking people out of a doctor's office and putting them back into the gym administered level of care. Yeah. Like you want to talk about pushing stuff into the back alleys? Yeah. That's what does it is regulations applied inappropriately to protect people that it's not protecting them from anything. Yeah. The, the, the peptides that we would worry about are a lot of them are banned. Like we talked about chlorohydrate got banned. I thought that was banned a really long time ago. Just so you know, the, the, in all the movies ago. where the guy pours a bunch of stuff on a napkin and puts it on the face and kidnaps someone that was chlorohydrate. Right. So, um, I didn't even know that was a thing. It was only banned about a year ago. Yeah. Like, okay, so there are some things that need banned. We Do I think that every peptide that helps you encourage your better administration and use of growth hormone needs banned? No. Do I have I ever written for or thought unopposed growth hormone was a great idea? No. Have I ever recommended someone taking growth hormone for some No. No. Do I think there's way safer ways to get a patient help in those arenas by getting things on board that help get your own IGF-1 levels up and help increase your body's secretory potential and administration of its own growth hormone? Yes. Yeah. Is that what peptides will do? Yep. Is the FDA decided 
that those are banned because of safety issues in bulk components that may have had to do with contamination from foreign sourced material. Yeah, that's the only acknowledgement on most of these substances that you're gonna get. Yeah, And it has nothing to do with, because I would never buy it from someone that was sourcing it from a band. I, I wouldn't fill a script there. These were compounding pharmacies, not a research lab that didn't have to, the same scrutiny as a pharmacy. Yeah. Compounding pharmacies are regulated. Most research labs are less regulated as evidenced by, I don't know, some stuff escaping for some research labs that caused the whole world to shut down for a while. I don't know, right? Like, you yeah. know what? That probably wouldn't have gotten out of a compounding pharmacy. I mean, it's just ridiculous, right? It, it We're is. Talking about, it is. You're talking about the misapplication and overregulation of science to limit its use, not to protect people. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. This is not about protecting people from a bunch of contaminated peptides. I'll be honest with you. There's nutrition shops here in this area that probably should have some things looked at. I've taken pre-workout that probably had larger oh. side effects. Hey, I got news for you. There's a lot, almost BBC. all the gas station medications. Yeah. You know, all the gas station ED sex drugs. Yeah. The little packets make, at the almost checkout all of them have, Almost all of them are made in China or Korea. Yeah. And they all have a little bit of sindilophil, which is a prescription drug in the US. Um, but because they're not monitoring a lot of those and they're nutraceuticals. So there's a lot of those that have medications in it. Oh, yeah. it's horny goat weed. Oh, it's this and this. No, it had a little bit of Viagra in it, right? Yeah. And, and you can do that when you do that. Those are unregulated. But no doctors telling you to go to the drugs, go to the gas yeah. station <laughs> and buy the Ultramax gold pill. Right, yeah. like that. So, so it's fine if a guy does that, because I didn't tell him to do it. And if someone gets has a stroke or a high blood pressure that does that, or or the opposite, they lower the pressure when they do that. Yeah, no one's really in trouble. Right, that doesn't mean it was safe. It doesn't mean it was efficacious. I'm interested in helping a patient. If there's a safe, efficacious, inexpensive option for some patients, I worked really hard to try to find those for people because I'm interested in your health. Correct. There are peptides for almost every indication that we can find. And, and here's the great part, right? Sometimes, and, and this is our hope, oppression breeds innovation. And so there's literally, they're working on peptides for hair growth, like further than what we've seen with, with GHK copper and all these other ones that are also on the GHK list. GHK on the, the band list, yeah, by the way. GHK, GHKCU, so something so, you the, the good news is there's always innovation, right? But there's literally, it, it, it's an amino acid, right? And so there's peptides for every indication. That well, we it's not even of. an amino acid. No, it, it is a bond. Yes, correct. Yeah. So, so uh, the, 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 um, a protein is large amino acid chains. A peptide are small amino acid chains. Mm -hmm. But we're talking because it's naturally occurring, they are making it where you can't get it, yeah. even though the body makes it, um, because it needs to be controlled as a drug. Excuse me, but isn't this exactly what happened with insulin? Yeah. Like, have we not learned our lesson that that insulin is a dangerous peptide? Oh, for sure. What it's happens if dangerous. I take too much like, insulin? I, you right? can die. Oh, is that a side effect? It is. That's a side effect of me. Like you could kill someone with an insulin. That's a pretty. Sure. Sure. That's for more sure. than nausea, right? For sure. Yeah. Okay. It's more than a little sure. bit of a rash. Um, it's more than a little bit of a headache from a little bit of anal dilation. 
Yeah. It's it's death, right? Now, it's is, is, why, that's a peptide. Insulin's the what, you're. It's made by the human body. Yeah. The GLP ones can't. By the way, the GLP ones for everyone listening, because that's that's one of the biggest requests that we've ever had. Our yeah. peptide episode that we had a, a month or so ago is our most viewed episode. Right? It, there's a massive demand and interest for education on peptides yeah, because trisepatide and semaglutide work. Yeah, they avoid a lot of. The, they made the cut. They they made the, the, well. For now, because it's a drug, that's and there's a drug version of it out. They didn't take that off the market. Yeah, they did not make terzepatide uh, or semaglutide on this Schedule Two list. Yeah, because it's being I monetized. Wonder why monetized? Patent wow. equals monetization? Is that what? Is that the conclusion I, we're I drawing? Guess, I guess. I'm. Uh, I'm just the. Lady. I don't know. It seemed like. So wait a minute. So you mean that people get the approval they pay for? Like if you're sponsored by Big Pharma, and you get approval mm -hmm. as a drug. It's okay for a doctor to write it, recommend it, and give it to you, and he won't lose his license, right? Yeah, you're just quoting me, right? I'm, I'm the layman. Asking. I'm, I'm the just, layman. I'm just, I'm yeah. just asking, okay? Because because it seems like that would be uh -huh. God. It would be <laughs> so against the law to incentivize people economically to do something. Um, and we'll back to, like, away from incentivize that. Incentivize a pharmacist to recommend a shot to you while you're there, um, which should be against the law. Yeah. Wow, we should probably. I, just I wonder leave how many people one, go to right? CVS or Walgreens in the last six months and haven't had the to have the talk with the pharmacy about getting some form of an injection while you're there that your physician may or may not know about, may or may not agree with, and you may or may not have done a lot of research on. That you're just gonna because a pharmacist because he's getting paid by CVS more to tell you that he has to do that, right? Like, but these are these all these rules are written in your own best interest to help yeah. you. That's what we're supposed to believe, right? So here's the good news, right? There, there's a lot of excellent peptides still remaining. You know, um, samorlin was one, um, ipamorelin or ipamorelin, however you choose to pronounce it. Again, I'm the layman. Um, that replaced it, but now we're back to the older version, right? Yeah. Because it was approved because ipamorelin was fine. Yes, but ipamorelin with CJC twelve ninety five was great. Yes, but CJC is now, CJC is probably one of the larger culprits on the list. Um, there's a lot of concerns about it as a, a secretagogue, right? A growth hormone promoter um that's been a major concern the concern so, was that it worked the good news is there may be some contamination in the sourcing from the out from the large bulk components received from other countries that's correct that's why they're trying to make it where no one gets it yeah not because it if a compounder in the u.s that doesn't outsource contaminated components and oh by the way compounders in the u.s have to filter at a level that would remove the contaminated component anyway because it was metals um, we're going to make that against the law still though, right? I'm just checking. I mean, I'm, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm just checking. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to understand again. I'm just trying to navigate no, the waters. You're the one with the big notebook with I, all hey, the I'm, regulatory I'm on stuff the next page already. I'm on, I'm just trying to figure out how to help a patient get better without, you know. So, so to paraphrase so far what we've discussed, research chem sites where people were originally procuring chem, uh, excuse me, peptides, Pepti uh, have put the blemish on the industry. Right there, it, it's the the Not pharma grade stuff. I think there, do, I, do I think a lot of those places did a pretty good job? Sure. Yeah, I think so. Probably that's why people continue to use them. They didn't buy stuff. Look, the recidivism even on getting a script filled is really low. Like yeah. when a doctor writes a script, we all assume a patient goes and gets it. That's not really true, right? It's it's a abysmally low number. 
um, that, that people really feel. And mm -hmm. the ones that they feel again and consecutively, if you take out the narcotics, it even drops dramatically lower. Yeah. So getting a script once, okay, I'll try it. But if I don't notice a giant difference and I feel right away, I'm not refilling yeah, it. You're, no way. Right? Why would you pay for but it? But the recidivism on a lot of those pharmacies is really high. So people saw something that they were looking for and continued to use it. Yeah, that's a good example. Um, essentially, what we're doing is we're pushing patients away from a regulated method of procuring peptides mm -hmm. back into what we'll paraphrase as a black market, right? Yeah. It's, it's not guided by providers. Which is great if you own the black market Yeah, well, and provide all the substrates. Yeah. But that's not what we're supposed to do, right? Like in a capitalistic society, it's yeah. about legal options that are safer. Right. And the safety and efficacy is what drives the market. Right. Not just access. Like access should not, is, is, is not what should, a, something success should be determined by. Correct. It's, it, it's about data, patient usage, outcomes. Um, I guess my biggest problem is that with 90% of the regulatory stuff that we have to navigate the waters with, with all the stem cell part of what we already do. And have worked really hard to, to, to stay within the guidance. Um, now to do this to peptide, like I, it, it's it feels very purposeful. It is, um, at limiting the inexpensive administration of healthcare to people that didn't want to be part of some big pharma run conglomerate of Western medicine. Yeah. And, and now they've taken away another choice. Um, we will be navigating the regulatory waters with our patients on we'll these play issues. Nice. Um, there are going to continue to be options for patients. Um, and, and my goal is always is going to be to continue to see myself as a free agent trying to function the best I can to still be able to be your surgeon and physician yeah. um, and and still kind of help you figure out what the best options are for you to stay healthy. Yeah. And, and for patients, I do want to make this statement for patients that have utilized us for patients where we've recommended peptides, the pharmacies that we're involved with, we've vetted. We anytime Dr. McKenna or his clinic engages a pharmacy, one of the first things that is done is we ask them for essentially their, their table of contents, right? We want to know what's in it. What processes do you go to manufacture, procure, get these things Some going. of it's as easy as just saying, are any ingredients from China? Yeah, but right? they so have the answer to is yes. Yeah. yeah, the answer is yes. We we move on, right? Well, let, let's just make so another. There's, there's some big disclaimers. Yeah, that's, that's where all the black market sourcing is going to come from. I'm just so trying to limit the number of enemies. Someone's going to make a lot of money off this new FDA regulation, yeah. and it's it's not a, a physician or a patient. I'm just trying to limit the number of people that are going to hate us after this episode. That's all. You you just fired no, China into uh, the bucket. Yeah. Why why not? Um, no, all jokes aside, um, slave laborly made. Oh, not not only are they making no. contaminated sources, but it's made with slave labor products. Don't make too, LeBron right? James mad. That's not okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was that was low. Um, listen, at the end of the day, as a patient just know that we have done our very best and beyond to make sure that the pharmacies that we've utilized are are good sources of these peptides. Uh, in talking with the pharmacies that we deal with, they have less than 1% 
incidence of an adverse reaction, meaning you turned red, you felt flushed, you had a headache, you know, anything like that. Those are all reportable adverse reactions. So the non-medical guy having a conversation with, with people watching, less than 1%. And, and for CJC 1295, the most common adverse reaction was flushing. Right. It wasn't it wasn't really an adversarial reaction. It was just something that could happen. Self-limited and went yes. away. Some people, uh, I'll tell you on GLP once, it's always nausea, constipation, nausea at the top of those. That would be an example of an adverse reaction. But these are safe. They are filtrated. The the sourced materials are safe and they are verified and validated by well, each that's pharmacy. The other worry is that the, when the FDA comes out with guys like this, everyone starts to run for the hills and think, Oh my God, it wasn't safe. Yeah. Well, that's not true right so just know that you're you're fine yeah and and i i, I don't want to harp on this right but several of the comments if you go to the site and i encourage everybody listening please go to the site the the hysterical part is it literally says fda has also identified serious adverse events that may be associated with aod 9604 right we're picking on that one today though causality is not clear Right uh, uh, on dihexa, which we could rave about dihexa. It is one of our highest requested ones. It it helps with dementia. It helps with brain fog. It helps no, it with doesn't, a, it, a myriad. It aids in mental clarity because Correct. it's a nutraceutical. Right, it's a neuroprotector. Yeah. is what they define it as. Quite literally, it states FDA lacks important information regarding any safety issues raised by dihexa acetate, including whether it would cause harm if administered to humans. It's on the list. It's a category two, right? That should, by all intents and purposes, by their own definition, keep it in the bulk category one with the yeah. FDA. It's still in study. Correct. But we've moved it to category two, which means it's a finalized opinion, right, on, on safety concerns. So Because it was working. Yes. A lot of people take it. And it's a nootropic. It's a nootropic. It encourages mental clarity. Yeah. It's, it's like taking the right vitamin. Right? Yeah. I, I'm excited uh, to hear feedback on this. I'm excited to see how the compound pharmacies respond. They've got a massive investment. There's the, the two it'll pharmacies. Be it'll be interesting to see what happens from yeah. here because, because I think that uh, all I really care about is patient. Right. Um, and I think that, that there's been so many, uh, the, the testimony of the feedback, the, the ease in helping people get through some pretty significant situations with some peptide augmentation has been really helpful, very useful. And um, there, there'll still be options. There's still ways to do some things, um, but um, you know, just know that from a regulatory standpoint, yeah. the, the the they, you know, you're not paranoid when they really are out to get you, and that the old saying, right? But yeah. but they're certainly have stated out to get um, peptide therapy unless it's a drug, right? If it's a drug, probably fine. If it's just a peptide that your body makes that that we can augment your administration of, that's probably not going to be okay anymore without some serious physician conversations. Right. We're still utilizing uh, a major component of our practice that includes all the peptides, which is stem cells yeah. uh we're still utilizing again it's a threatened letter it's not it's, there's no there's no there's no policy yet right we're we're still utilizing and and looking at labs to determine um proper balancing of sexual hormone levels right those things sure. also matter they Look, there was a generic there was a synthetic uh estro estrogen component 
yes. that's on the ban list. Yes. It should have been for a long time ago. Like Correct. it caused cancer. It yeah. So there, there's valid. So what right. you're saying is there's valid concerns that were addressed. Sure. But we threw the baby we out. We never wrote anyone at that, right? We right. would never write for those peptides because it was a bad idea. Correct. Right. Um, and I think that one, and, and forgive my butchering of this, but it's diethylstolesterol. And so it was a synthetic estrogen, which, which had some concerns yeah. for, for genesis of breast cancer, right? Um, absolutely, that needs to be looked at. But there's been studies on it, right? There, there's valid studies. The rest of them, like the dihexa, where it's, uh, hey, we're not sure, but just in case, we're going to throw that one in too. Yeah. I, I just think that, that the, the, the whole message for this episode is, number one, I wanted to come out and get ahead of the narrative a little bit because I know a lot of people take peptides. And are going to be worried when they see the FDA's banned all these that maybe you maybe you didn't feel better. Like that's not true, right? Like, but what's going to happen is it's going to be harder and harder and harder for you to have an inexpensive, uh, safe option outside of yeah. big pharma. Hey, that's that's the take home message from today. So our, our commitment to patients, as always, is yeah. we're going to do our research. We're going to do our homework. We're going to make sure that the things we say still hold true. Uh, we're going to look for alternatives, as always, and we're going to pursue that. And we'll absolutely provide as much information as we can as we get it. Um, I know for a lot of pharmacies and patients, this is uh, just a, a pretty quick change. So we'll we'll do our best to continue to grit our teeth and uh measure our response as best we can <laughs> so as I'm, always uh, the most important part yes. of this and the only reason we do this is because i i for me the goal is to spend more time explaining why and what and how and that's a lot easier to do when i have an hour at a time uh, than it is in a in a 20 30 minute office visit so Thank you for your trust. Um, we appreciate everyone's confidence in us as a clinic and with trusting us with your healthcare and genuinely appreciate your time and, and following us on this episode. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Thank you guys. Dr. McKenna, I, I appreciate you. Thank you.